Father sends for me, and when he speaks my name, I will leave my earthly home to enter heaven's gate. Then the pearly gates will open to the streets of the old-fashioned quartet these things have i written unto you that believe on the name of the son of god that you may know that you have eternal life and yes i have believed jesus christ i have received him as my savior and because of what he did for me on the cross of calvary i'm going home one day i'll spend eternity with jesus that's the greatest thing about heaven that is jesus Isaiah 45, verse 22 says, Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. I have sworn by myself, the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness, and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow, 
every tongue shall swear. That's what the Bible says, and it's talking about declaring that Jesus is Lord. Here's it in the New Testament, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess. What will they confess? What will they swear Two, if, if you want to put it that way in the Old Testament language, they'll confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It'll glorify God when we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that's what we do here on Faith Music Radio. We proclaim that Jesus is Lord. We proclaim that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is is Lord. We have a song about that, Emily Featherstone, but before we get to that song, it's called Every Knee. Emily Featherstone wrote it on her album, We Have Joy. That's where you can find it. I want to tell you what's coming up today during 11 to 1. You're going to get to hear from Vicki Mutchler on a word of encouragement. Love is a friend. She's been talking about love the whole month of February. And then at 12.05, CW Today with Loretta Walker. Be sure to stay with us for that. And then it's Thursday. So silhouettes with missionary Sherry House and um, all that coming your way within the next few hours. I'm Janice. I'm your host at one o'clock. And thank you for joining us on Faith Music Radio. Here's Emily Featherstone.
guaranteed work from certified ASE mechanics. That's the peace of mind that comes with thrifty car care in Evansville. Sure, you could roll the dice, grab a wrench, and watch a YouTube video and do it yourself. But that could cost you a whole lot more than you want to pay in time and money. Thrifty Car Care does it all, bumper to bumper. They back all repairs, foreign and domestic, with a 24-month, 24,000-mile nationwide warranty. Thrifty Car Care, with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. They're located at 4500 East Morgan Avenue in Evansville. Or call 812-437-5011. That's 812-437-5011. Or go online at thriftycarcarecenter.com. Stay tuned for more gospel music on Faith Music Radio. So long I had searched for life's meaning Enslaved by the world and my greed Then the door of my prison was opened by love For the ransom was paid I was free, I'm free from the fear of tomorrow, I'm free from the guilt of the past, for I've traded my shackles for a glorious song. I'm free, praise the Lord, free at last. I'm free from the guilt that I carried, from the dull, empty life I'm set free. He made me complete He forgot the foolish man I used to be I'm free from the fear of tomorrow I'm free from the guilt of the past for I've traded my shackles for a glorious song I'm free praise the Lord free at last I'm free from the fear of tomorrow guilt of the past, for I've traded my shackles for a glorious song. I'm free, praise the Lord, free at last. 
Daughter of the King, do you know it? Do you feel it? Do you know that you're free? He's made you free. He has set us free. Well, I've been going, started last Thursday, going through the book and um, doing it for a personal devotional book for me, um, The Ministry of Marriage by Dr. Jim Benny. And what a great, great um, book that is. And I encourage you to get it. You can get it at um, Amazon, I think at um, Target.com. But The Ministry of Marriage by Dr. Jim Benny. And we're on chapter two. We tried to, we didn't get through all of chapter one, but I'm just going to get through as much as I can um, when I when I go through this book and teach it on Thursdays and then go to the next chapter. Um, this, this chapter, chapter two, is just packed. I want to tell you the verse he starts off with, and the reason I put, put that song in the playlist is Romans 6, 17, but, thank, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. We were the servants of sin, but you know what? We're free now. We're free to live a godly life. We don't have to be in bondage of our sins. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus has set us free. But um, Dr. Benny, in this chapter, he calls it the biblical path to marital victory. Don't you want to have uh, have victory in your marriage? The biblical path to marital victory. He says one of the greatest causes of marital failure is unfulfilled expectations. Unfulfilled expectations. Now, <laughs> that is so true because we expect a lot when we get married, don't we? Here's the verse he gives us, Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. That's why unfulfilled expectations can cause you to feel like your marriage is failing and even can cause failure in a marriage because hope, those expectations put off, deferred, it makes the heart sick. The hope referred to here is an expectation of good or an idealized good. Now think about that, idealized good. What what you're trying to imagine in your mind, it should be like. Which such an ideal or goal is deferred, you know, terminated or delayed, the heart gets sick. And this is the biblical term for depression. There's so many people in a marriage that they're depressed about in our day and age. It's true, even Christians. When someone's child fails to meet his expectation as a parent, he may experience discouraged or even discouragement or even depression, and that is true. When one loses his job, or they lose a, or a loved one dies, or an anticipated promotion fails to materialize, the heart is affected. And in such cases, because an expectation is not realized, depression sets in. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. So think about the idealistic couple. They rarely pause long enough before the wedding to consider the downside of matrimony. In fact, they do not, they not only fail to see any benefit of doing this, you know, looking at the downside, but also they resent 
any attempts of marital veterans to point out the downside. They don't understand the value of counting the cost before building a tower. One reason for this is their optimistic certainty that their marriage will be different from those before them. Fully 96% of youth will marry and 78% of them emphatically declare that divorce will never happen. So another reason for not entertaining any negative information about the coming nuptials is that most couples build their expectation about marriage from idealistic notions, fairy tales. Remember, they lived happily ever after. Romance novels, romantic movies, and love songs. Romantic movies, a.k.a. Hallmark. (laughs) They are experienced practitioners of relationship love gleaned from numerous dating experiences and and have assumed that the only reason the feelings didn't last for their previous lovers was they weren't really the right one. And now they have found Mr. or Miss Right, and they're absolutely certain that love can grow only stronger when they are thrust into intimate proximity to the object of their love. They have a hope for their marriage. But remember, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. It's never good to have our hope in someone or something. We must keep our hope in Jesus Christ. And uh, Jesus, he is the hope giver. We're going to come back with more on this um, a little bit after Miss Vicki Mutchler and um, lots more in this chapter. But I want to focus on a few different things. So we're going to play this song on hope by Jessica Curtis. And like I said, we'll be back. So stay right here with Faith Music Radio. Thinking that man 
Jessica Curtis. We're going to come back and talk about the ministry of marriage by Dr. Jim Benny. Talk about this book this week. But um, we want to switch gears for a minute and think about friends because Miss Vicki is talking about friendship today. In fact, she says, love is a friend. And so I pulled in What a Friend We Have in Jesus by Ed Russ and the Old Fashioned Quartet from their latest album, An Old Convention Song. All the music that you hear on Faith Music Radio can be purchased at faithmusicmissions.org. Faithmusicmissions.org. And this is a great, great song and a good reminder to us that not only is Jesus the hope giver, he is the dearest friend we'll ever have. and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often Despise for
find the solace there. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every today's word of encouragement from Mrs. Vicki Mutchler. Love is friends. You know, we all need friends. Have you ever had someone say, oh, I've got way too many friends? I don't think so. You know, when Christians meet and we make them our friends, it's special because we connect. We're like family. We're one in Christ. But Proverbs 18.24 still says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. I'm so glad that it also goes on to say, And there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That's Jesus. He never turns his back on us. What security we have in that. And be an encouragement to your friends today. Be thankful for them and let them know. Because Proverbs 17.17 says, A friend loveth at all times. God brings us together at specific times for specific purposes. Sometimes God gives us close-by friends. Other times, He sends us special friends right when we need them, at a certain time, in a certain place. I want to be both. I want to be the kind of friend that is always near, to have a shoulder to cry on, or ready to give a hug. But I also want to be for that kind of friend that God places in others' lives for a special purpose, encouraging them. Are you a friend today? Remember, everyone needs a soft place to fall. Be a good friend. Mrs. Vicki Mutchler is the wife of Pastor Mike Mutchler of Grandview Baptist Church in Beaver Creek, Oregon, where they've ministered together for over 30 years. Word of Encouragement is a production of Faith Music Radio. For additional resources from Mrs. Mutchler and her daily Word of Encouragement, visit Faith Music Radio online at www.faithmusicradio.com. Word of Encouragement is a production of Faith Music Radio. Here's Gail Russ, the song, Friends, I Know. You're listening to Faith. I'm gonna walk and talk with friends I know, friends I know, friends I know. I'm gonna walk and talk with friends I know, friends that I knew long ago. I'm gonna meet my mother somewhere on the golden stair. No wrinkles in her pretty brown, no silver in her hair. I can hear her shouting when I walk through the gate. I get so lonesome for my mom, my heart can hardly wait. Oh, I'm gonna walk and talk with friends I know. Friends I know. Friends I know. I'm gonna walk and talk with friends I know. Friends that I knew long ago. I'm gonna meet my father, he taught us how to pray. 
He never spoke of others lest he had good words to say. He told us not to weep for him, for he was heaven bound. I know I'll hear him sing in bass when the angels gather round. Oh, I'm gonna walk and talk with friends. I know with friends. I know with friends. I know. Take it easy way up there in the sky Just laughing as the ages roll No teardrops in my eyes I'm gonna own a mansion A mansion rich and fine See that big house on the corner That's the one I'm gonna call mine Oh, I'm gonna walk and talk with friends I know Friends I know Friends I know Oh, I'm gonna walk and talk with friends I know Have you been putting off estate planning? Every year you say, I'm going to take care of it, and yet, it's not done. Why not resolve to take the opportunity to get that done this year and call Sheets, Charles & Charles at 812-476-2762. That's 812-476-2762. Make an appointment and let certified elder law attorney Stephen Charles help you navigate this important part of your financial life. Stephen and Lindsay Charles are professionals, and they care. Stop by their office at 4828 Lincoln Avenue, right behind Barnes & Noble, or give them a call and set up an appointment, 812-476-2762. You'll be glad you did. You're listening to 93.1 FM and 1180 AM Faith Music Radio. This is Evangelist Byron Fox saying stay tuned.
Cecily Hamilton and friends of Prisoner of Hope. You're listening to 11 to 1. This is Faith Music Radio. We're going through the book, The Ministry of Marriage, is written by Dr. Jim Benny. He is the host of, um, oh, I'm going to... <laughs> lose the name already of heart and home i'm sorry there it is he is the host of heart and home you get to hear it at 705 a.m and 705 p.m and it is a great program one of our most popular programs and one and a program um, that many people request um, could you get me a copy of that um, and so it's just a very popular program and so i'm in chapter two the biblical path to marital victory and we are talking about hope right now. Brother Benny says, and, and, um, and specifically about the verse in Proverbs that says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. You know, when those expectations of marriage don't come to fruition, they're not realized. Proverbs thirteen twelve is where that verse is found. And Brother Benny so um, points out to us that that word sick means depress. It's the word for depression in the Bible. And so it makes us discouraged and depressed when often the things we expect in a marriage don't come to fruition. They're not realized. You know that happily ever after. Dr. Benny says hope is a good thing if it comes from the right source. When expectations are grounded in spiritual sources, they always come through. So David in the Bible encouraged us to hope thou in God, Psalm 42. Perhaps because he himself had learned, my soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him, Psalm 62, 5. You see, David had learned the invaluable lesson of basing his expectations squarely upon God alone. Wow, that's so important for us. If we put our hope in someone else or in something else, well, we're going to have some deferred, delayed, or disappointed hope there. And hope deferred maketh the heart sick. You see, this alignment of expectations is a great value of premarital counseling. The, de- the degree of satisfaction in marriage is directly proportionate to the quality of preparation before marriage. A study of 4,500 married Air Force Academy graduates over a multi-year period revealed some astounding results. The divorce rate was only 000 Four percent. You heard that right. 4,500 married Air Force Academy graduates. Divorce rate 0.004%. Why is that? You compare that to the typical divorce rate of approximately 50% of new marriages in a general population. This news provided a stark contrast. So how was it possible? The answer is surprisingly simple. After graduation, engaged couples were enrolled in a 14-session course on marriage. Wow. Doctors, lawyers, financial counselors, and pastors taught the classes. Many potential areas of trouble were targeted, and much frothy enthusiasm was replaced with hearty reality. So instead of the froth of enthusiasm about marriage, they 
had the hard reality, and they heard it from doctors, lawyers, financial counselors, and pastors. The young couples were warned about potential danger areas and then equipped with information on how to deal with them. Marriage counseling is so important, especially getting it before marriage so you know what you're getting into. You can't fight a battle without being prepared. (laughs) And there's going to be battles that you're going to face in marriage. Sometimes that battle is each other. But my friend, keep on the firing line. We'll be back with more on this. Stay right here with Faith. Love it, love it. Are you willing to fight for your marriage? Are you willing to fight to keep your marriage? There is hope for your marriage, and we are talking about the biblical path to marital victory. Um, This is from the book, The Ministry of Marriage, written by Dr. Jim Benny. We'll continue when we come back, but I want to play one more song, Another Day of Grace by the Friends Singing the Gospel. 
and thankful for the grace of God. Thank you, Lord, for another day of grace, a day of grace. Thank you, Lord, for the joy of serving you another came out this morning I was awakened by God's grace I was reminded of his blessing as in prayer I sought his face through the pages of the Bible God spoke to me and said this is the day that I have made sufficient in the good times but even when the going gets rough and though i do not know what tomorrow holds i know who holds my hand and by his grace i'm going to make it to his blessed promised land his promised land
It's Thursday and it's a great day to be thankful. What are you thankful day for today? I am thankful for another day of grace. As we go through this chapter, The Biblical Path to Marital Victory, from the book, The Ministry of Marriage by Dr. Jim Benny, it has been such a blessing to me. Dr. Benny says that he's counseled, counseled many Christian couples over the last, last quarter of a century and more from when this book was written he has found that a few of them that he has found that few of them had any preparation at all and this may be in part because only 35 percent of pastors nationwide require premarital counseling even though over over 90 percent of youth desire it Oh, we need to be providing premarital counseling for our young people. Dr. Benny says he's informally surveyed over 4,000 Christian marriage partners in her in his marriage conferences, and he found that only 5% of them had any preparation at all. In one meeting with 200 married adults present, not one had received any counseling or teaching on marriage whatsoever before tying the knot. Even a dog catcher is required to have more training than that. Wow. Marriage counseling is vital. Pre-marriage counseling is vital. When false expectations are not addressed before the wedding, serious problems can develop afterwards. Yes, if you don't if you're not told about the realities of marriage and receive counseling about it, you're going to have <laughs> you're going to have expectations that are not realistic. You're going to have idealistic expectations and um and it, boy, serious problems can develop afterwards. One of these according to Richard Exley is that of expanding one's expectations. It is but a small step from expectation to demand and from demand to abuse. It is but a small step, I'm reading it again, from expectation to demand, and from demand to abuse. It is no secret that one of the most common expectations of useful lo- love is that marriage will make me happy and fulfilled. Mm. Happiness and fulfillment have been the standard fare of a couple's relationship with one another before marriage, and they assume that such will continue after. In fact, some believe it will not merely continue, but get better and better. Such expansive expectations can easily harden into a selfish mindset, which, which ultimately demands satisfaction. And like a spoiled child who is accustomed to getting whatever he desires, an adult who has pampered himself with unrestrained emotional gratification before marriage comes to believe it is his right to have it afterwards. Mm. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Such a great verse, such a great chapter here written by Dr. Benny. And I think of the song that, you know, when we put our happiness in someone else or or our hope in someone else or our expectations in anyone other than God, it's going to fail. People will fail you. You have failed others. I think of the fact that my um, first daughter was born 
and I was so exhausted. I had been in labor all night long, and they asked me if I wanted to hold her. Boy, failure number one as a mom. I said, you know, I'd really like to take a nap. <laughs> I had held her, but I guess they, they were going to, held her initially, of course, but they wanted to know if I wanted to spend some time holding her. I, to this day, I wish I had. <laughs> but I was so exhausted, and I was just so, oh, done. And people will fail you. You will fail others, but Jesus, he never fails. He never fails. I've got two songs for you. I'm going to play Happiness is the Lord to get that focus on on you, focus for you on that. In fact, that's probably all we're going to have time for. I'll have to play the next, next song when we come back. It's going to be Jesus Never Fails. That'll be during the noon hour of 11 to 1. But I'm going to play the song by the Knox family, Happiness is the Lord. It's sung here by Shannon Knox. Such a great spiritual truth. Happiness is not your spouse. Happiness is not your house. Happiness is not your new car or your job. Happiness is the Lord. Happiness is to know the Savior living a life within his favor, having a change in my behavior. Happiness is the Lord. Happiness is a new creation. Jesus and me in close relation having a part in his salvation happiness is the Lord real joy is mine no matter if the teardrops start I've found the secret it's Jesus in my heart happiness is to be forgiven the living, taking a trip that leads to heaven, happiness is the Lord. Happiness is to know the Savior living a life within his favor, having a change in my behavior, happiness is the Lord. Happiness is a new creation. Jesus and me in close relation having a part in his salvation happiness is the Lord real joy is mine no matter if the teardrops start I've found the secret it's Jesus in my heart happiness is to be It's worth the living, taking a trip that leads to heaven. Happiness is the Lord. Happiness is the Lord. Happiness is the Lord. Coming up during the noon hour of 11 to 1, you'll get to hear from Loretta Walker on CW Today. Two essential qualities for parental discipline too essential you need these qualities for 
parental discipline to discipline your children correctly. And then Sherry House will feature the life of Letty Kalman. How is your vision? Will be her Bible study along with telling you a little bit about the life of Letty Kalman and uh, wrote a great devotional. Um, and she'll tell you about that and um, that people still use today. I have a copy of it, but I'll let Sherry tell you all about it. Gail Russ is going to take us into the noon hour of 11 to 1 with the song, The Army of the Lord. We'll continue talking about the ministry of marriage by Dr. Jim Benny as well. All that coming your way during Faith Music Radio. Right here. If God be for us, who can stand against us? He's that rock in a weary land. He has worlds at his command. We cannot fall with his mighty arms around us. His word is stronger than the sharpest sword. Though heavy grow the heart, stumbling through a world so dark. Though Armageddon lie ahead, cast away the fear and dread. If God be for us, who can stand against us? We are marching in the army of the Lord. In this world of fear and doubt, where confusion stalks about, let us not be scattered, but unite as one. It's time for righteous men to rise, as for guidance from on high. Stand united, that His will on earth be done. If God be for us, who can stand against us? He's that rock in a weary land. He has worlds at His command. We cannot fall with His mighty arms around us. His word is stronger than the sharpest sword. Though heavy grow the heart, stumbling through a world so dark. Though Armageddon lie ahead, cast away the fear and dread. If God be for us, who can stand against us? We are marching in the army of the Lord. We are marching in the army of the Lord. Welcome to CW Today, a daily five-minute program dedicated to helping women with their life relationships, hosted by veteran ladies conference speaker and the editor of Christian Womanhood Magazine, Mrs. Loretta Walker. The closer a woman's heart is to the heart of God, the better able she is to thrive in her relationships with others. In that spirit, here's the host of CW Today, Mrs. Loretta Walker. You know, I'm not in my child-rearing years, but I am around my grandchildren sometimes, and I don't know, these thoughts came to my mind the other day, so I thought I'd share them to all you out there that have children. I have thought of these two essential qualities for parental discipline. Okay, the first one is the hardest one, I think, because it's a firm resolved. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make it happen, uh, Maybe you have a child that's stubborn and you say, I, I don't, she just won't listen to me. She won't be teachable. Well, you know, have a firm resolve that you are going to teach her how to be teachable. 
uh, we had a child that was shy and we determined in our hearts that we were not going to allow her to stay shy. Now, is her natural tendency shyness? Yes. But she works on it all the time and she knows to make herself come out of it. And that's because we had a firm resolve is going to do that. We had one child that was kind of clumsy and uh, haphazard, so, so to speak. And we had a firm resolve that we were going to help that child overcome that. I think the word that I'm going to use for this in the Bible is standing fast. Psalm 111 verse 8 says, They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. So we want to stand fast in this resolve to keep to help that child be what he's supposed to be. Second Thessalonians 2 8 15 says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Paul was saying to him, Hey, stand fast. Uh, stand fast means to be stationary and persevere. Don't move an inch. Don't change your course. This is, a, this is what we're supposed to do according to Scripture. The second thing that I think is another essential quality for parental discipline is corrective action. Corrective action is action to eliminate the causes of non-conformities or other undesirable situations so as to prevent recurrence. So you take action, you give corrective action. I remember the days, ladies, if you're in the midst right now of child rearing, I remember the days of being so tired of saying the same thing over and over and over. I've got a daughter who's got a child that's pretty strong-willed. And she has to tell her all the time, you're not in charge. <laughs> she says it all the time. I've heard her. When I'm on the phone with her, I'll hear it. No, you can't tell me that because you're not in charge. Uh, you can't say that to daddy because you're not in charge. You can't tell me that because you're not in charge. I mean, she just keeps saying the same thing over and over. But that's corrective action. That's saying, I'm going to help you overcome this. Uh, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Nurture and admonition means you're teaching them the truths of the Lord. Proverbs 1, uh, Proverbs 4, 1 and 2, Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. So he's saying here, attend to no understanding attend to transfer that understanding to them don't be a don't get weary and just keep going over the same way i remember one time i went to miss seven said i have taught these kids how to make their bed and they still i still they make it and it still looks lumpy she said loretta repetition is the key to learning just keep going over it and over it and over it again and you know, when I was teaching my kids how to clean the sink, that was one of the first jobs they got to do as a junior, was clean the sink. And I always thought, after you clean the sink, you're supposed to dry it off. And uh, as they were uh, doing it, and they'd still keep messing up, I'd go and complain to Miss Evans, and she said, Loretta, the and she just <laughs> keeps saying the same thing to me that I was trying to do to my kids. So you learn today to just stand fast. And keep giving that corrective action. And you know what? You'll be a better person for it. And I know your children will be for sure. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Thanks, Miss Loretta. CW Today is a production of Faith Music Radio. 
For additional material about Loretta Walker, CW Today, and about Christian Womanhood magazine, visit Faith Music Radio online at www.faithmusicradio.com. Happy Thursday. You're listening to 11 to 1. This is Faith Music Radio. And still to come today, you'll hear from Sherry House on Silhouettes with Sherry. She's featuring the life of Letty, Letty Kalman and her devotion or her, or her Bible study is about How's Your Vision? That's the title of it. So be sure to stay with us for that. Christian Womanhood has a new Bible study out and I'm excited about that. Um, I'm trying to get it posted up on the 11 to 1 page, but you can find it on the Christian Womanhood page. It's that time of year again. Christian Womanhood has a new Bible study book available available for churches to use for Mother's Day gifts. Um, and so this this one this year is outstanding, Loretta says, will help your ladies know they're good, that they are good enough, and that quitting is not an option, as Old Testament ladies have proven. And so um, Loretta says she's ordered a limited number and will probably not be able to help um, after a certain dates. So she's asking churches who would like to pass this out um, to get your orders in early. And um, and so and she's also asking that you share it to get the word out. And so go to Christian Womanhood Facebook page, share that post from Loretta there and help get the word out about this new Bible study. The Albericos will start off the music for the noon hour of 11 to 1. Jesus, Creator, Redeemer, and King is the title of this song from their latest album, Fundamental Christ. We'll be talking in just a bit, a little bit more about the ministry of marriage from the book by Dr. Jim Benny. Stay right here with Faith Music Radio. Sing, Creator, Redeemer, and King, a glorious song we sing. Creator, Redeemer, and King, a glorious song we sing. 
Dication goes to C. Oh, see the goodness of God. That's the theme for this year's Faithful Ladies Dacation on April 21st and 22nd. Join us in Evansville, Indiana at Faithway Baptist Church and enjoy a time to relax, renew, and rejoice with our speakers, Francie Taylor and Sharon Rabin, plus 10 teaching excursions and more. Go to faithmusicradio.com. That's faithmusicradio.com to register or call 800-600-7230. Faith Music Missions singers will be providing the music and our famous Merry Marketplace will be available for shopping. This conference is brought to you by Faith Music Radio, where you hear 11 to 1 with Janice every weekday. Early bird registration runs through February 20th. Register at faithmusicradio.com. of time so many still reach out to him with broken hearts and minds and every one of them will say without exception that they find that Jesus never fails even in the days of old he brought his people through And then he came to show his love and die for me and you. And then he rose again to prove that every story had been true, that Jesus never This world brings trouble I find so hard to bear I know I could not make it without Jesus being there It's so encouraging to know However deep we're in despair That Jesus never fails So what can I do to prove to you Tell me how can you deny No untold facts, no mysteries It's all so cut and dry And on the witness stand of your life I'll be the first to testify That Jesus never
Jesus never fails. And you know, one thing we have to realize about marriage is marriage doesn't fail. Marriage was God's idea. People fail marriage. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But in this book, The Ministry of Marriage by Dr. Jim Benny, he has a chapter called The Biblical Path to Marital Victory. And we've been talking about that today. I'm going to pick up where we left off last hour. So if you didn't catch it, you can go back to the later today. You can go to the 11 to 1 um, podcast and or later next week or a year from now, you can go to 11 to 1 podcast and you can listen to this or you can just purchase the book at, at Amazon, The Ministry of Marriage by Jim Benny. You know, he was talking, um, what we were talking about is that so many, very few um young couples get any premarital counseling before jumping into marriage. And so they have these goals that this other person is going to make them happy because, well, they've been happy while they're dating, right? So it'll only get better and they'll just keep making them happy. And, um, and so when, so they go into marriage kind of, and here's the last sentence we've talked about, like a spoiled child who is accustomed to getting whatever he wants, an adult who has pampered himself with unrestrained emotional gratification before marriage comes to believe it is his right to have it afterwards. And that's kind of where dating leaves us. <laughs> but ideally, these goals should be addressed during engagement or even before. But whether they were, they can be corrected afterwards. One of the strengths of the Christian faith is that present conformity to Christ is not due to one's past, but in spite of it. In a powerful treatise, on the power of people to change, the Apostle Paul writes the to the pagan Romans who had successfully overcome a licentious past. Romans six seventeen. God be thanked that ye were the slaves of sin, that ye were the slaves of sin are the servants of sin is how it is meaning slaves of sin but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you as you read or you listen to that verse you may be skeptical and unbelieving because you really don't believe that your marriage can change and you've often tried to change but have been disappointed so often that you have begun to wonder if it's possible at all. If there is one thing Brother Benny hopes to depart in part to us in this book and in this chapter, and that is change is possible. And you know, when we have the Word of God and we have the power of God, change is always possible. Don't ever forget that. Sounds of Faith sing a song called God's Word Changes Lives. It can change your marriage, too. You're listening to 11 to 1. This is Faith Music Radio. Learning in that moment when they surrendered all. 
What a great song and great reminder for us, us for us all. Um, we've got one more song along that line. It's called There Is Still Power in the Blood of Jesus. It's sung by His Own. And right after this, you'll hear from missionary Sherry House. She features the life of Letty Kalman today. How is your vision will be her devotional. So here's that song. We'll be back in just a bit. You're listening. To Faith Music Radio. There's still power in the blood of Jesus. There is hope in a troubled, dying land. There's still cleansing in that crimson stream that frees us. There's still power in the blood, power in the blood. There's still power in the blood of the Lamb. Men have tried to say the blood is useless. They say that in this modern day, love is all you need. I've never seen a love more tried and tested than the love that came streaming down the cross of Calvary. There's still power in the blood of Jesus. There 
Sherry House, a missionary living in Thailand who loves to study the lives of great women of whom it can be said she hath done what she could. Welcome to Silhouettes, my weekly story about a lady whose life challenges, encourages, and teaches me. I hope as you listen today, your heart will be encouraged and challenged too to do what you can for the Lord. So grab a cup of tea, sit back and enjoy. Let me tell you her story. Letty Bird was born on March 3, 1870, in Afton, Iowa. She was the youngest child born to a wealthy banker and his wife in their later years. At the age of 13, Letty was introduced to a young telegrapher named Charles Cowman. He was 15 at the time, and their friendship grew over the next couple years. When Charles got a promotion in another town, he, a lowly train dispatcher, dared to ask the banker's daughter if she would wait for him. She said she would. Although her parents liked Charles, they thought the union was preposterous and spent the next four years introducing her to society and connecting her with eligible young men. Letty stayed true to her promise, and when Charles returned, her parents gave their blessing. Charles was a hard worker, and with Letty's love and support, he soon received several promotions. They moved to Chicago, and once again she was thrown into the social life. She had a beautiful home and many friends. Letty loved the life they were creating together. One day, she received a flyer advertising a concert by an opera singer who had become a Christian. Letty was so excited to attend this event. By the end of the night, Letty found herself with tears running down her face in realization that she was the lost sheep the singer was singing about. For the first time, she realized the uselessness of the life she was living. She vowed not to go back to that place, but the next night, she ended up there listening to the preaching and the singer again. After attending the event for several nights, Letty gave her life to the Lord, and she was forever changed. By the end of the month, Letty's testimony and God's conviction brought her husband to the point of salvation. From then on, their home became a center of Christian activity and inspiration. Both were faithful witnesses and saw many of their friends and others come to know Christ. 
Eight months later, they attended a missions convention held at Moody Church. They learned of a young couple giving their lives to go to Africa to preach the gospel, depending only on the giving of God's people. When the offering plate was passed, Letty's husband gave a large roll of bills he had in his pocket. When the second offering was taken, he put in his gold watch, and Letty gave her diamond ring. When a call for volunteers to go to the mission field was given at the end of the service, Letty and her husband found themselves standing and promised to go, if God called and opened a way. Letty and her husband began preparing for the ministry and started studying at the Moody Bible Institute. During the next six years, Letty surrendered all her worldly possessions one by one and gave herself wholly to studying the Bible, spending time in prayer, and growing her relationship with the Lord. She felt burdened to pray specifically that the Lord would provide much money for their missions work. In her journal, she recorded the first donation they received. It was 25 cents. By the time they finished Bible college, God had called each of them individually to go to Japan for Him. Although most missionaries at that time were sent by mission boards who paid them a salary, Letty and her husband chose to trust the Lord and go out on their own without any promised financial support. Almost immediately upon their arrival in Japan, a building was secured for their housing and for Bible school classrooms. The Lord allowed them to see many souls saved right from the beginning. The Japanese, who were searching for the truth, were earnest in their desire to know God more and to tell others about their newfound faith. A second mission hall was opened in the heart of Tokyo, and every night for the next ten years, men and women surrendered to Christ. With a burden to reach all of Japan, not just the people in the large cities, Letty's husband called a meeting for the small group of missionaries they worked with. He presented a map of Japan and explained that given five years, 100 men, and $100,000, they could reach every home in Japan with the gospel. Thus began the Oriental Mission Society and the Every Home Crusade, with $37 in hand and hope in their hearts that God had clearly given them this vision and He would bless it. Soon thousands were numbered among the saved. More missionaries came, more Japanese took up the vision to reach their countrymen, and prayers were said on the hillsides of Japan everywhere that the Lord would provide the funds needed to print and distribute the gospel to all. It took 17 years, but the 10,300,000 homes in Japan were all given the gospel. Hundreds of churches were started, seminaries for national workers to be trained largely, international teachers were established, and a model that would change the face of missions for years to come had been proven successful. The victory was not without its cost, as Letty's husband had lived a lifetime in those short 17 years. His body was spent and broken and was no longer able to carry on. Letty and her husband returned to the States, and during the next six years, she not only cared for her husband, but answered the volumes of letters that came in. There were interviews and articles to write and people to entertain that came to discuss the widely successful crusade and what more could be done. She and her husband spent hours and hours in prayer, with maps of the world in front of them, praying for the cause of Christ not only in Japan but for the world. During this time, Letty read volumes of books published by Christian authors in order to glean encouragement for herself and her husband. She decided to compile these along with her own thoughts in a devotional book she entitled Streams in the Desert. It was to be the first of many books she would write. After Letty's husband passed away in 1924, the Lord gave her clear direction that He wanted her to continue on in the work. She had many opportunities to speak and tell the story of how the Lord used the crusade to reach millions in Japan. 
A few years later, at the age of 58, Letty agreed to become the president of the Oriental Missionary Society, and soon many caught her vision of reaching not only Japan, but other countries as well. It is said of Letty that her prayers were as big as the needs of the world, and soon many were committing funds and committing their lives to go. While visiting Wales one time for a conference, Letty was telling the story of how the crusade unfolded in Japan. The Lord put a desire in the hearts of those attending that meeting that they needed to reach out to Finland and its two million people. Hearts were stirred and crusaders enlisted. Plans were made and Letty was asked to go with them. In her late sixties by now, she thrilled at the thought. The crusaders used skis for transportation to take the printed word of God to each home. She herself enjoyed the reindeer-drawn sleds as they crossed mile after mile on snow to reach the huts in the dense forests. Letty's faithfulness to the well-laid-out strategy God had given her husband for that first crusade in Japan saw the crusades expand to include 28 other nations. Letty's powerful prayers for the Lord to give much towards missions saw the donations for gospel distribution go from that first donation of 25 cents to over $5 million being given. As Letty approached the age of 80, she stepped down from the position of president of the Oriental Missionary Society and became the overseer of Kalman Publications and World Gospel Crusades. To mark the occasion, she wrote a book entitled Life Begins at 80. Letty went on with the work until her eyesight started to wane and her health became frail. For the last three years of her life, she continued to pray for, correspond with, and encourage the younger generation to go on with the crusade work. On Easter Sunday, April 17, 1960, at the age of 90, Letty said her final goodbyes. She prayed her final prayer for world evangelism and closed her eyes to wake up in the arms of Jesus. Letty gave her all to the Lord, all her money, all her time all her possessions, all her health, all her heart. Well, you can find out more about Letty Kalman on my website, sherryhouse.com. But let me tell you one more story from her life that resonated with one of my own. On September 25, 1924, at 12.30 a.m., Letty's world came to a halt. Her beloved husband, prayer warrior, vision sharer, and ministry partner went to heaven. It didn't take her long to realize her entire life was wrapped up in his, and she was at a loss as how to move forward. She soon found her answer. While looking through her husband's Bible, she found a note that contained the last words he'd ever written. It said, Go on with my unfinished task. And go on she did. Her motto was, What God helps you to see can be. What can be should be. Therefore let it be. Over the years, there are certain statements or stories that you hear that just stick with you. One in particular for me was a story told by a preacher during a chapel service at Bible College. He spoke of a church where the pastor had the words from Proverbs 29:18, where there is no vision, the people perish, cut out in wood letters and hung them on the front wall of the church auditorium. It became the church's mission to know and love the Lord and to be a light in their community and beyond. God did many great things in and through them for many years. Eventually, their zeal began to wane as one by one the families of the church turned their hearts to new and more exciting things. Some moved away, some passed away, and others failed to pass on their vision to the younger generation. Eventually, the church was closed down for lack of interest and the building itself became quite dilapidated. A man from out of town familiar with the zealousness of the church was disappointed to learn of this news when he was visiting one day. He decided to stop by the old church for one last time on his way out of town. He got out of his car and walked around the property reminiscing. 
As he was contemplating what could possibly be the reason a church that was so on fire for the Lord could come to this state, he walked into the auditorium of the church, and he noticed that the W had fallen down from the wall, and he read the words, Here there is no vision, the people perish. Whether that story is true or anecdotal, I don't know, but I have never forgotten it. When I feel my passion for all things spiritual begin to wane, I often think of this story and that W lying on the floor, and I mentally pick it up and nail it back in place and ask the Lord to renew my vision and passion again for Him, for His Word, and for His work. Today I'd like to do a Bible study with you I've entitled, How's Your Vision? I'm going to take that text verse from Proverbs 29:18. It says, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now, for those of you who haven't studied this verse out yet, you might be surprised to know that this verse actually isn't an encouragement for you to find within yourself a vision for which you can set short or long-term goals in the hope of accomplishing something now or in the future. Let me say this, though. There's nothing wrong with having a vision for yourself, your family, your business, or your church. In fact, I think getting a God-centered vision for something is what comes naturally after you understand what this verse actually means. The word vision here in this verse is translated from the Hebrew word hazon, which means revelation, and it refers to the word of God or the things that he has revealed to his people, not some future thing that I would like to accomplish. The word perish is translated from the Hebrew word yipara, which means casts off restraint or to loosen or to expose or uncover. So not necessarily to die as we sometimes understand the word perish to mean, so without God's word and knowing what he reveals about himself and his will for man, people cast off restraint or do what they please or do what they feel is best. There are many examples of this in the Bible, like when the Israelites cast off God's command and all moral restraint and built the golden calf and danced around it naked. Or when Paul, when he went about killing Christians because he felt it was the morally correct thing to do. Not having a knowledge of God and His Word ultimately, though, does lead to one's death, not only in the aspect of a life wasted here on earth, void of fulfilling God's purpose for them, but also a spiritual death for all of eternity. And then in true Proverbs fashion, the second part of this verse gives us a correlating thought. It says, He that keepeth the law, happy is he. So, he that keepeth, listens to, believes in, lives by God's word and his directives and his revealed will, will be happy. As I said, there's nothing wrong with having a vision for your future and what God can do through you. But ultimately, anything we are going to do for the Lord, or the Lord is going to do through us, must start with a clear understanding of God and his revealed word. Letty believed, if we want to know God, we must give ourselves entirely up to the study of God's word. She also said, man was made to know and love God. I believe the secret to Letty's far-reaching success with her books she wrote and the crusades that were carried out under her watch didn't come from her vision that she knew the Lord had given her as much as it came from her humble spirit to know and love the Lord and His Word. In the truest sense of this verse, how's your vision of God's vision? How is your understanding of God and His revealed Word to us as Christians? Have you accepted it? Have you tried to keep it? Are you passionate about trying to live by it? My challenge today for me and for you is to focus on God and knowing Him and His heart. A challenge to get a vision for your spirituality, let's say. 
After that, I challenge you to get a vision, like Letty did, for what God could do through your soul winning, your service, and your sacrifice. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's silhouette and learning a little bit more about Letty Kalman and this matter of how's your vision. She truly was a woman of whom it could be said she hath done what she could. Let's you and I go do what we can do. Silhouettes with Sherry is written and told by missionary Sherry House. To learn more about Sherry, this story, or other stories about women who were used of God, read Sherry's blog at sherryhouse.com. That's S-H-A-R-I house.com. Silhouettes can be heard at this time every week on this station. Silhouettes is a Causeway Media and Faith Music Radio production. It's amazing and incredible to me that Sherry House has put together oh, over 50, nearly 60 of these programs and we get to air them here on Faith Music Radio. You can also catch them on the 11 to 1 blog. Um, they're all up on there as well. You're listening to Faith Music Radio. Here's the Voorhees family. Be thou my vision.
Is there junk piling up around your house? Wish you could just get rid of it with a swipe of your hand? Well, waving your hands won't do it, but using your fingers to call 812-598-6300 can make that happen for you. Complete hauling will haul off that old couch, clear out your basement or your garage. They'll even clear the whole house out for you. Did someone move out of one of your rental properties and leave you with a bunch of junk that they don't want? Call Complete Hauling at 812-598-6300 and get rid of all of your unwanted items very easily. Again, call 812-598-6300 today. He counts the stars, one and all. He knows how much sand is on the shore. He sees every sparrow that falls. He made the mountains and the seas. He's in control of everything, of all creatures great and small. And He knows my name, every step that I take, every move that I make, every tear that I cry. He knows my name when I'm overwhelmed by the pain. Can't see the light of day I know I'll be just fine Cause he knows my name Don't know what tomorrow may bring I can't tell you what's in store I don't know a lot of things I don't have all the answers to questions of life but I know in whom I have believed and he knows my name every step that I take every move that I make every tear that I cry he knows my name when I'm overwhelmed by the pain can't see the Just fine, cause he knows my name. He knew who I was when he carried my cross. He knew that I would fail him, but he took the loss. And he knows my name, every step that I take, every move that step that I take, every move that I make, every tear that I cry, and He knows my name when I'm overwhelmed by the pain, can't see the light of day, I know I'll be just fine, cause He knows my name. What a powerful song. What a powerful message in that song. Paul Chapman there um, from the 
album, Songs of Comfort. The song, of course, is called He Knows My Name. You're listening to 11 to 1. This is Faith Music Radio. Up next, you've got Alicia Becker. Here's my everything. Have you given him your everything yet? He deserves it. He deserves your everything. We're going to finish off today with a powerful song. It's called Burning for Thee. It was written by a 16-year-old girl, Katie Garraway. It's sung here by her husband. It um, was recorded um, in, here at Faith Music Missions in 2019 by um, Caleb Garraway. 
um, Katie didn't think that this song would amount to much when she um, wrote it, but it has amounted to much for me. In fact, it was the best original song of 2019 um, for Faith Music Awards. And I just love this song, and it's incredible. It's it's um, shares what it is to really, truly let our light shine for Jesus Christ. You see, when a candle is being burned, it is losing. The whole time it's being burned, it's losing itself. And to shine your light for Jesus Christ, you'll have to lose yourself. But you won't lose, not with Jesus. You can't lose. Let your light shine for Jesus Christ today, my friends, and let it shine bright. And thank you for joining us on Faith Music Radio. Oh, Lord, I don't have much to offer, but you'll use all that I give. I pray you'll make me more like thee, serving you each day I live. Father, hear this simple plea, purge all my faults, take all my pride. I surrender, Lord, be glorified, hear my earnest cry. Take my life, Lord, let it be consecrated all for Thee. Take my life, Lord, let it be burning fuel for Thee. Take my life, Lord, all 